Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All truck and trailer. Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Time now to talk to Neil with Saracen Casino Resort down in Pine Bluff. Neil, how are you today? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, was uh, wasn't around last week because I was in New York City attending a conference, looking at all what's new in sports betting and in the uh, digital gaming world with payments and all of that stuff. So we've got some really neat stuff to, that's going to be coming up soon uh, tonight. We've got Arkansas Little Rock Trojans versus the Central Arkansas Bears. That line is up, and if you are a Travelers fan. We have a line on that game, too. They're at the Wichita uh, tonight. The Travelers are at Wichita, and uh, the Arkansas Travelers are a minus-130 money line favorite. Uh, also, don't forget to check. we got the PGA this weekend. We've got a lot of great specials surrounding the PGA. People really, really took to those during the Masters, so we've replicated that. And, of course, we've got the NBA and the NHL specials. What do you mean, of course, you got the NBA? <laughs> That's, yeah, that's big stuff tonight, baby. That's big stuff. That's big. That is absolutely big stuff tonight. So, uh, got a lot of those specials there. Lakers versus Nuggets, the Heat versus Celtics. A lot of wonderful little uh, 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 novelty bets that you can do there. And some of them, if they hit, they pay really, really good money. So, uh, look, love, love this time of year. Um, a lot of it's about baseball, but with these playoffs with the NHL and the NBA. A lot of excitement around that. Can you give me a line on the Lakers game tonight? The line on the Lakers game tonight, as soon as my screen is, <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers are minus are plus six and a half against the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets are favored by six and a half, and the over and under is two hundred and twenty-two. My goodness! All right, Neil, appreciate it. As you said, you got some special things coming up. We'll talk about that later on. Okay. Thanks, Ray. All right, thank you. And download that app, folks, BetSaracen.com. Rick? Okay, and welcome back to Drive Time Sports. That was Ray and Neil. And now it's time for... Whoa. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293. Family-owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for... Asher. Well, Trey, just for old times' sakes, I know you graduated a long time ago. Did you go to graduation to see what caps and gowns still look like this past weekend? Uh, I passed. I don't think I'll be going to a graduation <laughs> unless it's a relative or maybe my daughter, personally. Mm. You're not a not big graduation guy. to be celebrated for everybody else, but just not me. Okay. Now, I wonder how many Razorback athletes walked. We know three baseball players did. Uh, I don't have any idea how many football or basketball players did. Of course, these days, you could walk and still have, what, four years of eligibility? That's right. right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you could absolutely walk in graduation without, you know, having summer school left. They'll let you do that. Uh, I know McTelvin Aguin got his master's. Really? Degree, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, That was passed over to me, so congratulations to him. Uh, but I don't. I'm not sure um, how many football players graduated. Well, academics is over. I think the uh, summer school start as early as next Monday. Uh, when does everybody come yeah. back and start working out again? Yeah. Well, it, I know Danny had an article today about the arrival dates of several of the of the new guys. Um, usually, they give them a little bit of time after school wraps up, um, and then they come back and it's you can usually figure it out because it's about you know you get a week before usually a week off before uh, uh, fall camp starts or excuse me not fall, yeah fall camp 
before fall camp starts, uh, which is probably going to be around April 4th. So you can count back about nine weeks from that and get the start date because it's usually an eight-week uh, type of cycle. Um, but most of the guys that are that we know of from the you know the high school guys that haven't enrolled yet, the transfers that haven't arrived yet, uh, it's going to be the end of this month. So uh, a lot of times you see June for those guys, but it'll be like you know a lot of a lot of May 25th is seems to be uh, a pretty popular date for the guys coming in uh, that haven't been here already. Okay, so if August fourth if August fourth is about is the target date for first day of practice, then eight full weeks would go back to say Monday June the twelfth. But yeah, I'm like you. So many of them are in summer school now. And I got well, you go believe. back eight weeks and add another week for the the week off that they'll, they'll okay have before they okay so right now we're going back time. to June fifth and um and again if that you go back one right. if you go back another two weeks it's probably when summer school starts that's what I'm going to guess yeah so, and they, they have, have a lot of, of I mean they that. have they have summer schools that uh, you know you you go all you know for a long period of time and over you know a very short length you know a short number of days but long hours. Um, they have they have different kinds of summer school, so it's not just this first summer session, second summer session. Ah, like that okay. Yeah. And that's that's really where a lot of these guys are graduating in three and a half years. Oh yeah, at, with eligibility left because they take so many summer courses. Well, it wasn't that long ago. What maybe a decade where. Uh, you know, the summer school did not count towards your, you know, as part of your scholarship. That yeah. was something that these guys had to pay on their own. That's right. Uh, but obviously now it is. But yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's that's been true forever. I mean, you can't you can't take 15 hours uh, and and not take summer school and graduate in four years. You just it can't be done. I mean, most almost every single degree requires most of that. Um, so yeah, I never did that in summer school. That's why I didn't graduate? <laughs> I had to go work. <laughs> I had to go work in the summers. So uh, yeah, it, it took me longer than four years. But now, yeah, you can absolutely um, knock out summer school and um, and get done really quick. That's you know, how, that, that's how all these guys do it now. I know. And as you're thinking about, as we're thinking about summer school, my next question was: Do any athletes have summer jobs? Football or basketball? Do any of them have summer jobs? They used to all have summer jobs. Now nobody has a summer job. That would be an interesting deal. Now, unfortunately, they don't have media days like they used to, where you can talk to everybody. Or yeah. maybe you could ask the sports information staff to put together a, a, a survey. Do you yeah. think any football or basketball players have summer jobs? As of today, maybe unlikely. Now, that summer job can mean a lot of things. Now, it could be you part know, of the NIL. Yeah, you could have your own Amazon, uh, you know, <laughs> program where you're, you know, selling stuff on Amazon or something like that. You yeah. know, eBay. You know, that could be your summer job. Uh, but I remember back in when Ryan Mount was in school, he worked up at Springdale Country Club. I remember seeing him up there working. Um, Traylon Burks, from my understanding, during COVID, when all that stuff hit, he went and got a job in construction, which is a really Traylon Burks thing to do. Wow, um, that's recent. Nowadays, I mean, yeah, that was that's the most recent summer job. Well, it's not. I don't know if it, you'd count it as that or or what, but it was a COVID job. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard or seen anything lately. But uh, yeah, it used to be pretty common that you'd see guys, you know, getting summer jobs and stuff. But I mean, now football is a full time job even in the summer. I mean, yeah. They call it voluntary workouts. We know it's not voluntary. It's voluntary unless you want to sit on the bench all season. <laughs> and and those summer jobs uh, back in the old days uh, sometimes led to fo- folks being on NCAA probation. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you go way back to the uh, Ted Harrod deal. Um, I wasn't going to bring up Trump. names. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just going to share with you. Public first, investigation back then. I'll just tell you something. For somebody that knew Ted Harrod very well, he, yeah. That was that was not he, that nothing happened there. That, yeah. that was a, that was a deal where his son and his well, and his wife were getting divorced, and she mm-hmm. she put together some fabricated records. That's how that happened. And so, what ended up happening with that deal is yes, and they they didn't find very much at all. 
That's right. Uh, the three-year investigate. It took them three years to investigate that. I know. It killed recruiting. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it really hurt them on recruiting um, because you just had that cloud hanging over you, and then the penalties were nothing. Yeah. Because so there maybe wasn't really much of anything. Maybe it's better not to have summer jobs. Then you don't have any of that stuff. But you know, as I was th- asking that question, <clears throat> any of these guys are on NIL. If they're doing promotions for a product or anything, they can do all that they want to in the summer, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And you can yeah, pay your them. summer job might be shooting commercials. And, and you can pay them whatever you want to, right? You're st- you're technically supposed to pay them fair market value, right? Don't you know that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, fair market value for an athlete <laughs> it might be different yeah. than fair market yeah. out value for you know. A tuba player? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Never <laughs> yeah, know. I don't think there's many tuba mm-hmm. players getting endorsement deals, but there's no comparison. There's no way to compare the the money. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that hopefully with you know the way college athletics has evolved to where it is, you know these guys don't have to get summer jobs because again, it is a full time job plus some. I mean, it's such a full time job, uh, especially in season. I mean, it's even more so because there's traveling and stuff. Um, I mean, you. we talked about, you know, the academic support and tutors and all that stuff that you have to have for college athletes because, you know, they're missing time in class. They miss classes. They miss um, all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's important to to have, to have tutors. Of course, now you can almost get away with taking a full slate of online classes. Yeah. Okay, so what are football coaches doing right now? They're out recruiting, right? You can be on the road. Yeah, it's uh, it's still the uh, evaluation period, so they're out recruiting. Seeing, well, not recruiting. You can't you can't recruit when you're out on the road during this period. You can, um, you can say as much as, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, per NCAA rules, I'm not really allowed to talk to you, but it's nice to meet you. You know, hmm. that's, that's about all you can say. Really, um, technically, yeah, that's that's what you're allowed to say. Uh, you can visit the school, you know, visit a couple times for evaluations uh, during this period. And you still host visitors, uh, obviously, so that when they're on your turf, then absolutely you can recruit them. Trey, um, oftentimes in the recruiting process we hear where a young man says, well, you know what, I chose this school. They've been with me since day one. They were the first to offer me. How big does that come into play oftentimes? I think it matters. I think it matters way more than... Uh, let's get you on campus. Let's you know do this, and then we'll offer you, um, you know, in person. Uh, you know, Brett Bielema had a bad habit of, of doing that, thinking that that meant more. Uh, what means more is this is my first SEC offer. This is the first SEC team to offer me. This is the first team to offer me. That means more than way down the road. Let's get you in for a visit, and we'll offer you in person. Um, you know, times have just changed. So uh, yeah, I think that matters. These are the first guys that were that were after me. Sure. Is is that why you see even ninth graders being offered scholarships these days? Right. I don't know if you can technically offer, but they know they've been offered. Yeah. Well, you, you can't technically offer them. Uh, I brought this up to a guy from the NCAA uh, about making. You know, if you make an offer to a, a, a recruit, then it should be binding. That's what I think. And that would stop uh, offering eighth graders, ninth graders, and such. Um, but his the guys replied to me. I don't know if he under, misunderstood my question, uh, but this has been years and years ago. But his reply was like that would be you know that would be a detriment to the team because they shouldn't be expected to honor you know an offer to an eighth grader. And I said exactly. <laughs> so you, know, you they, shouldn't make one, stop, right? This will stop them from doing that because you know like. What you run into a lot of times in college football recruiting is teams are offering players before they've had a chance to evaluate him because uh, they have to stay in the game with them. And you technically, I believe it's August 1st, is when you can actually send a written scholarship offer to a recruit. August 1st of their senior year, which blows my mind, but that's, that's the date. Uh, everything else is just a verbal offer. You know, and you run into a lot of stuff where coaches will say, hey, we want to offer you, and the kid tries to commit. And I've seen kids commit all the time on radio and stuff like that. It's been a while since Arkansas has had a guy commit. 
um, without the coach's <laughs> consent on it because he thinks he has an offer. But, um, I mean, I remember this guy. There was a kid in Georgia, and people referred to him as an Arkansas commit all the time because he went on radio and committed to Arkansas, but he never <laughs> had an offer. This was back when Bobby Petrino was coach. He never had a real offer. <laughs> it was just, you know, we have to offer you to stay in the game with you, so we say we're going to offer you. And so you see that all the time. And it's, you know, with Arkansas in-state prospects, it creates a bit of a problem because – Big time. Yeah, because out-of-state schools will offer a guy from Arkansas – and it doesn't mean anything to them if they have to back off of that offer or pull it. But Arkansas, if they offer somebody, then they need to be pretty darn sure that they're going to hold to it and, and you know, eventually extend that written offer when they're allowed to. Um, and you run into stuff like, why isn't Arkansas offered? Well, Arkansas is dragging their feet, you know, and all this stuff. Mm. And really, Arkansas needs to get a proper evaluation. and. Sometimes you're not able to get that. I mean, you're just not able to get that by the time, you know, all these schools are just kind of throwing offers out. Um, when Brett was at Arkansas, and I commend him, he wanted to do it the right way, right? But everybody else wasn't. <laughs> and so uh, it really hurts you. Uh, when he was at Arkansas, they were offering fewer players than anybody else in the SEC other than Texas A&M and LSU. Those schools were offering, were the only two in the SEC offering fewer prospects by a pretty significant number. And I think a big reason of that is, you know, LSU is, you know, they've got their whole state. They're the only school there. Um, and they're also right next to Houston, and Texas A&M's right there, too. And they, you know, got pretty close proximity to a lot of high-level talent. And so they don't have to offer a lot of guys. But Arkansas... It's got to spread its wings more. They don't have a Houston right next door, right. you know, or a yeah. New Orleans. Um, and so that always stuck out to me. And then we'd get to the end of national, you know, close to national signing day, and they'd have, you know, five guys they're in on and three spots available. And, you know, or five spots available and eight guys they're in on, something like that. And it just wasn't enough. They just – if Chad Morris's staff, you know, those coaches really understood it better – if you need one wide receiver, then you need to offer 10 wide receivers. And it's unfortunate that that's how it is, but that's just the way it is. And it's a difficult, you know, you, you're juggling numbers. It used to be even harder because you're juggling numbers. It used to be even harder because you, could, you had a cap at 25. And But you're juggling so many numbers, and, um, you know, you just kind of have to play the odds. You have a pecking order. You offer 10 wide receivers. You know which one you want first, second, third. But... Uh, it's it's tough to juggle all that. Do you take a commitment from a guy? Do you take a commitment from your fifth guy on your board uh, when your first guy is still available, but you're only in his top five? You know, mm. so it's it's very difficult to juggle all that. I don't know how <laughs> how they do it, but obviously some guys are are better than others. I got a, I got a question for you, Trey. Uh, straighten me out on something. And so somebody somebody from the portal uh, commits to Arkansas. Have they signed something already? Yeah, they'll sign a financial aid agreement, which just means that they are not bound to the school, but the school is bound to them. So they have a lot of freedom on their end. The school is obligated once they enroll to pay their tuition, pay their scholarship. If if they've not enrolled and somebody's offering a big NIL bundle, then they can turn around and leave, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, with high school guys on National Signing Day and all that stuff that you see, uh, those are binding toward the athlete and and the school, like Ron Holland right now mm-hmm. uh, with Texas, you know, still being held up there um, with his letter of intent because he is bound to that school. They are bound to him if he enrolls. So that's, you know, that's where things stand with that. But when you sign, you know, after the, the signing periods have passed, you sign the financial aid agreement, uh, then that's... It's only bound. It only means the school is bound to the athlete. See, see, I, I I know of one school that is not releasing who has committed to them, but for that simple reason that, that until they enroll in class, uh, they can just up and leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a smaller school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can so, so Trayer's another one because coaches can't comment on a recruit until he signs. Now I assume that's the this letter you're talking about. So you could you could talk about a transfer portal guy. Once he signs a financial aid agreement, you can so talk about but it. that that means 
So if a guy says he's committed to a school, and like you were talking about, and the coach has no intention of signing him, he can't even say that publicly, can he? Because he's talking about a recruit publicly, and he can't do that until he signs with somebody. And if he, even if he, if you, if you want it out there, no, he's not coming here. A coach couldn't say that, could he? I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. Well, okay, you can't comment on a recruit until he signs a letter of intent. You were talking about a case where a guy kept saying he was coming to Arkansas, he's committed to Arkansas, and Arkansas mm-hmm. hadn't offered him. Okay. Right. But the Arkansas coach could not publicly say, no, he's not coming to Arkansas. We didn't offer him a scholarship because he's an unsigned recruit. Is that correct? That is correct. He can't publicly say, state that. My understanding is if he has asked, if a coach has asked, have you offered this prospect a scholarship, um, then they can comment on that. I've, I've not directly really? done that per se, but um, like if you needed to find that information out as a reporter, um, then I, I believe you can. I believe that's how that works, but. I haven't read up on that. It may have changed. I'm, I'm just thinking about you know a player can say whatever he wants to. The coach can't oh, yeah. even the coach can't even deny a rumor because he's an unsigned yeah. athlete. So Rick, there have been there have been there have been high school kids who have gone through a mythical recruiting process. Oh yeah, handled you know handed uh, had a mythical <laughs> yeah. signing day press conference. Yeah, and signed with a school. Yeah. And it didn't. Nobody figured it out until they weren't on that kid's commit list on National Signing Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how humili- Why would you do that? How humiliating when the people find out you're not going there? I Wouldn't mean, you think? We can talk about why people do crazy things all day, and they still do it. Nope. Don't mention my name, Trey. Okay. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, we just had Trey Biddy for 25 minutes and never really got into much more than that. But it was really interesting, fascinating conversation. Well, Thank you for that, it. Trey. We get to Thanks, talk Trey. to you again Thanks, tomorrow. Uh, that is Trey Biddy. Now, if you're listening, want to hear about Razorback basketball? Kevin McPherson's up next when we return on Drive Time Sports. At the Stanley Wood, Chevrolet, and Scott Wood Chrysler dealerships in Batesville, Arkansas, we know that Arkansas high school and college baseball are as good as they've ever been. Just like our 2022 trucks, cars, and SUVs that are rolling into our Batesville location. Hustle over today and let our award-winning sales team at the Wood Family Dealerships help you find just what you're looking for. Or you can view our selection online at swood.com. Good luck this year to all of our Arkansas high school and college baseball teams around the natural state. Luxury Pool and Spa has a new location on Stanford Road in Conway in addition to their Russellville location. Get up to $75 cash back when you bundle Pool Life pool chemicals and they also have plenty of pool toys. LuxuryPoolArkansas.com Live the life of luxury with Luxury Pool and Spa. Fence Brokers presents Razorback Graffiti every Monday morning. Call Morning Mayhem and let them know how you feel about how they did. One sentence and one sentence only. Hello folks, it's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Store right here in Sherwood. Well today I want to talk to you about why I would like for you to consider Fletcher Dodge when you need a new or a pre-owned vehicle. You know, shopping for an automobile makes most people uncomfortable. It can be a stressful experience, but we want to take away the stress and give you a pleasant buying experience with confidence in what you hear and you see. Folks, our business depends on you returning to us over and over again over the years. We've been here in Sherwood for over 25 years, and many of you have bought five, six, or seven vehicles from us. Most of our sales staff has been here a long time. As you know, all of our pre-owned vehicles have the prices right on the windshield. Our best price is there for everyone to see. And our new cars have Frank Fletcher's green tag showing all of our specials. So folks, please come see us at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood. Or you can shop us online at FletcherDeals.com and give us a chance to serve you. The Arkansas Golf Center in Conway is recognized as a perennial Golf Digest top 100 fitter and multi-year best in state for golf instruction. The award-winning pros at Arkansas Golf Center utilize industry-leading technology like TrackMan 4 and Foresight GC Quad Launch Monitors to measure your golf swing needs. With a matched low price guarantee and 0% financing available, you'll never pay more while shopping local. Go to ARGolfCenter.com to find out more and book your lesson or fitting today. In the market for a handgun but don't want to break the bank? Well, Max Perry Wings has got you covered with 
with the Stoger STR 9mm Automatic. Packed with features you'd expect in a pistol costing twice as much, the Stoger STR 9mm Automatic has integrated rail, internal safety, reversible magazine release, optimized slide serrations, three-dot sight system, and enhanced ergonomics. And the best part? It's available now in 17, 15, and 13 round models for just $299. So check this and more out at MaxPW.com or just visit Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart today. Don't miss the Memorial Day sale at Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor for a limited time only. Enjoy up to 50% off store-wide. Plus, with extended hours, it's the perfect time to shop. They're more than a recliner store. Kick off summer with something new in every room of your home. Living rooms, dining rooms, bedrooms, and accessories galore. With special financing offers to make your dream home a reality. Don't miss out. Visit Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor in Shackleford Galleries of Little Rock now and save. If you want to deal with people who are straightforward when it comes to painting, Serta Pro Painters is the only answer for you. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated and backed by local people who will give you the straight story when you're scheduling your appointment. It's that time of year now as well with spring rolling around to update the outside of your home. Serta Pro is the place to go if you want exterior painting done. Improve that curb appeal and if you're thinking about selling, get Serta Pro on the case before and raise that property value. Get Serta Pro on the case at Serta Pro.com. I love it here in Arkansas. It's a great place to live and work, to raise a family. You've got beautiful scenery, tons to do outdoors, and we love our sports. Arkansas is just a great place. It's one of the things I like most about First Security Bank. They started years ago right here in Arkansas. Now, after 80 years of growth, First Security is still only in Arkansas. That means they reinvest in people and businesses right here at home. They have local roots, and they're proud of them. I don't know about you, but that means something to me. At First Security, you bank with professionals who know what they're doing. They also know you and your community. So whether you need a personal or business checking account, a credit card, help with a loan, or just want to ask someone a question, First Security is your home for friendly local support. Stop by one of their 70 convenient locations or check them out online at fsbank.com. First Security Bank, only in Arkansas. Remember, FDIC, equal housing lender. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios, where it's much like any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations, minus the always fresh, delicious food options like the family-packed catfish dinners. You're safe at home with Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. Randy Rainwater's out today. Ray Tucker's in Central Arkansas. I'm Rick Schaefer. And now it's time for Kevin McPherson, Mr. Hoop Scoop. And so, you know, I could ask you a bunch of questions. Ray could ask you a bunch of questions. But I guess we just ought to say what's new because you usually have something. What do you got? Well, you know, we're not. We're still on hold. We're in freeze mode uh, <laughs> when we start talking about Arkansas filling those last two scholarships. But it's very interesting what's going on this week in the NBA Combine. Okay. Uh, because I think that impacts Arkansas, not only from a branding standpoint, having four players in this draft combine all week long, lots of publicity, lots of television, national TV eyes uh, as the week plays out, uh, but also because Jordan Wallace is one of the four hogs in it. Now, Arkansas has four players, one of only two schools to have as many as four. Uh, that obviously goes toward that branding, a lot of stuff going on there. And then you want your players to do well. And I think when it comes to Jordan Wallace, one of the two – Hogs, who declared for the draft, uh, Devo Davis being the other, not invited, not taking part in either the G League elite camps last combine that was done over the weekend or the current combine. Uh, but with the Walsh and Devo as the only two of five uh, that went into that draft that could potentially come back because they left the door open, we're learning more and more about Jordan Walsh. And I've been saying all along that I personally think he'll stay in, but this draft combine workouts leading up to the draft are going to really point him in a direction and he so far the first two days guys when you start looking at measurables uh when you when you look at agility uh when you look at you know just what he's done in shooting drills he has really helped himself and i go back to an article i wrote a few weeks ago kind of as a lead-up of all five of these guys kind of setting some you know high water marks and benchmarks for a program really you have to go back to that, you know, 92 when it was Todd Daly, Mayberry, Oliver Miller, and Butch Morris, who were all in the same draft, three of those in the first round. But I was the article was kind of about how this would be that next group 
to kind of help make some of that Arkansas history in terms of NBA draft. But I had a panel of scouts I talked to at the NBA, and at the time the mock drafts and the scouts were talking about Jordan Wallace as being in that mid to late second round. But one of the scouts told me, if he has a strong combine, this is a player I can see he's very intriguing moving up to the back end of the first round. And right now, the the five-on-five competition hasn't happened yet. That's Wednesday and Thursday. But I want to go through some of these numbers. I want to get your thoughts because I think Jordan Walls has not only helped himself, but I think this probably helps answer Razorback fans, you know, know, wondering, is he on the fence? Is he going to come back? I think at this point, the odds have gone up that he stays in the draft just based on these first two days of the combine. You're probably right. And, yeah, his measurables are very good. It's interesting because Trey Biddy makes this case all the time that uh, measurables don't turn out to be when the pros do it what they are at the U of A, and yet uh, it was Walsh and Anthony Black. They're, they're measuring with no shoes on, okay? But they're within an inch and a half of their advertised height at 6'7". If you put shoes on, they are 6'7". Wingspan, all those kind of things. Now, how about Nick Smith Jr.? Because when they were publishing measurables, they didn't have any of his. Did he go through that yesterday? No, Nick Smith Jr. is going through the interview process, which, by the way, he and Anthony Black were two of 25 players, and there's nearly 90 there, two of 25 players to be selected for NBA TV, uh, the NBA and partnership with NBA TV, doing these pre-draft interviews. And those those are typically run up. At some point, they'll start showing those as a lead-up to the draft, which is in late June, kind of featuring some players. So they they, they pick 25 out of 90-ish. You know, some of those guys they pick, though, are, are, are considered maybe long shots or underdogs, several of them lottery and first-rounders. But, I, you know, I think Nick Smith Jr. is obviously a projected first-round pick. Um, but he's going through interviews. Now, they'll have interviews with teams as well, um, but but not doing the other stuff. But I wanted to get to both Black and Walsh. I started talking about Walsh, guys, uh, and, I, and, you know, just looking at some of the measurables, uh, you know, he was eighth overall in the standing vertical, 33 inches, 36 for Max Burt, so you get a running start on that. That's top 25, but what that standing vert is interesting to me because, you know, one thing I remember about Jordan Walls, he did not need a runway to get up and battle for offensive or defensive rebounds. Seems like in traffic, he was one of those guys that would go up and get the ball. And, and that, you know, just that part of the testing at the combine kind of tells me you know, kind of reinforces what my eye test was telling me through the season. Uh, but he was 10th overall in the lane agility, 10.83 seconds. Um, you know, third in hand length among small forwards at, with eight and three quarters, uh, eight, eight, eight and three quarters inches. Um, you know, I look at his weight at 204. That was, you know, you know that ranked well when he looked at players that are projected as small forwards. So he's slender build. He's going to add weight to that frame. But really what was elite was his wingspan. We knew that. Um, but over 7-1, nearly 7-2, that was second among players at his position, 10th overall when you when include power forwards and centers who are taller. Uh, you mentioned his height, Rick, but his standing reach when he had that wingspan, 8-11, that was first among small forwards. So his measurables, but the shooting, the shooting drills, now look, these are, unde- these are not defended. But he did three-point shooting. He's the only hog that went through three-point shooting drills. And did well, 12 of 25 for 48%. Um, and then, you know, he was, you know, top five or so in a couple other shooting girls relative to his position. And I think that's the biggest thing with Jordan Walls. He's always projected as a 3 and D player at the next level. He's not a shot creator. You know, he, he's still learning how to, how to put the ball in the deck and take his first step. He gets whistled for traveling a lot on his first step. He's not a guy that's going to get into drive mode and create a lot of shots. But 3 and D at the NBA level with the floor space, you want a guy that's a specialist on defense. That's what he is. He started showing late in the year, even though he had a propensity for fouling, getting better and better defensively, especially against marquee players in the NCAA tournament. And we saw it throughout the year at times. Uh, But just the fact that his shot always looked good, even though he didn't shoot a high percentage. And I think some of this drill work maybe shows that he's progressing and these NBA teams, when, when he gets in and starts to grow as a player, that's something that he can be a competent three-point shooter when the floor space, because he's never going to be more than a fourth or fifth scoring option when he's on the floor, whether that's as a starter at some point or a second unit in the NBA. 
Very good. Good report on him. Let's let's go back because I man, I'm not quite sure I understand. I know he's going through interviews, but why no measurables on Nick Smith Jr. Well, players can it's it's kinda like a buffet. Uh that's what the combine now that's gonna change. The collective <laughs> well, he can say he doesn't want to, he doesn't want his height and weight? I mean what what would be the deal on that? Well those things have players have done this in the past and those those can be done with individual workouts with teams. Some players uh you know, more and more though, the NBA is moving toward the draft combine kind of being the, you know, the biggest factor. And in some ways, it is. And in fact, the NBA's collective bargaining agreement uh, moving forward, and I think starts next year, players are going to have to, if they want to participate in the combine, they're going to have to take part. In, I don't know if, if it's everything or or a high percentage of the things that are offered. And there's also some talk about their draft status being affected if they don't. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I need to read more on that. But we're talking about this year. And this year, you know, he's not the only player, uh, uh, you know, that's skipping a lot of or most of. So he's going through interview processes. I was told that would be the case weeks ago, and certainly it's playing out that way. You know, Jordan Wallace, I've talked so much about him, but Anthony Black, guys, I mean, this guy is a lottery-projected player. I think now, especially early on, and really, his combine is going to come down to interviews, too, now, because he's not going to participate in five-on-five that starts tomorrow. Uh, Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black, or excuse me, rookie counsel the fourth wheel, but Anthony Black, when I look at his 39-inch vertical leap, Max Bird, that was sixth overall, the tops among the hogs, uh, but 13th in the standing bird at 32. But when I look at his measurables for a point guard, he's elite. Uh, first in height among point guards, six, six five and three-quarters without shoes, Third in wingspan, six and, and three quarters. First in standing reach at eight and point six five, uh, eight feet six in, in uh, eight point six five feet. I guess is the way they broke it down. They didn't put it in inches on the on the second part of that. Uh, but he, but everything, his weight at two ten, second among point guards. So we know he's not a skill guy. He did not go through shooting drills, which I think is smart. No shooting drills, no five on five. That's not his forte. What, what they've done is they've let him go through and get these measurables and agility testing, which he did well with. And I think what it shows is this is a big lead point guard that's going to be able to play in similar fashion, maybe to a guy like Josh Giddy at Oklahoma City, uh, who was taken in the lottery uh, two years ago uh, out of Australia. Very young player, uh, as is Anthony Black. Just, we just had a freshman season. But a guy that can use that frame and skill level and floor IQ to kind of dictate to get to his spots now. Anthony Black's going to have to develop some pet moves and finishing shots. He doesn't have that right now, but those are things he can develop. But I think because of what he's done in this combine, just in terms of measurables and agility testing, along with I think he's going to kill it in interviews. I think he's going to knock interviews out of the park. I think this guy's not only a lottery pick. I think he's positioning himself to inch closer to that top five, top six when the draft comes in late June. Kevin, I've got one question for you. Nick Smith's knee, is it still a concern? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I think he's going to want part of this process working out and, and doing workouts with teams. You know, they're going to, the, the NBA has doctors. Uh, these teams have doctors. They look at these things. And so they're going to take a close look at that. I'm not in a place to comment on that, other than I know he started working extremely hard to prepare for this process and prepare for the draft just days after Arkansas season ended. He was the first player uh, out of the. Hogs that you know said they were going to go in the draft. We knew he would, but he was the first to formally put an announcement out. It was within days of the end of the season in March, so uh, he's been putting in a lot of work. You know, the hope is that his knees where it needs to be to stand up to not only the medical testing but make teams confident if they select him. Uh, but that's not something either way that I really have enough information to say. Okay, well we're going to be asking Hoop Scoop for some more information that he does have. I'm sure. When we return after this on Drive Time Sports. Listen for birthday trivia in the zone with Justin and Wes, presented by Elia's Mexican Grill in Moralton, home of the chocolate nachos. Take exit 108 for award-winning Mexican food made fresh every day. 
Hello? Hey, I saw your car on Marketplace. When can I look at it? How about midnight at the truck stop? Buying a vehicle shouldn't be a risky venture. See Guadney Buick GMC next to Sam's in North Little Rock and know exactly what you're getting when it comes to quality pre-owned vehicles. At Guadney, make a clean trade with a clean title and clear, simple finance options. Shopping new, Sierra 1500 at just 0.9%. GMC Terrain at just 1.9%. And how about anything on our lot with no payments for 90 days? Try finding that on Marketplace. Know what you're getting at Guadney Buick GMC. Hey, by any chance does the title say rebuilt? Absolutely not. The title says salvage, and that means foreign. Yeah, it's going to be a hard pass. I'm headed to Guatney Buick GMC. 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. Call 501-945-4444. GuatneyBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. All offers to the crew credit. Roger Scott for Gravely Moors. Working hard once again, making sure my lawn is lush, weed-free, and beautiful. By working hard, I mean, of course, I'm watching Bradley Owens mow it for me. Bradley, tell the good folks hello. Well, hello. That's enough right there, my good man. Pay attention, you missed a spot. What he didn't tell you is that you can take your very own Gravely Moor home today at 0% interest over 48 months. That's right, 0% interest on both residential and commercial mower. Now, Bradley, tell them where you can go get your very own Gravely Moor. Well, you can. I'll finish it for you at Chapel Hardware in Pine Bluff or Hoco Turf in Rose. This is Pat Bradley for Whit Davis Lumber Plus. Whit Davis Lumber Plus has been serving Central Arkansas for over 70 years. All the times you've bought a lumber package, power equipment, tools, doors from their door shop, grills, gutters, insulation, you name it, this family-owned company appreciates it. They know you have options and are thankful you continue to choose Whit Davis as your preferred lumberyard and hardware store. So thank you, Whit Davis customers, for 70 years and looking forward to 70 more. This is the Pigskin Preacher bringing you the word. Canada said goodbye to favorite son and national hero Gordon Lightfoot, who died recently at the age of 84. A brilliant singer-songwriter with a host of amazing songs, he had one hit in particular that defied Top 40 logic, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. This 1976 folk ballad was unusual in that it was six minutes long and retold the real-life tragedy of the 1975 sinking on Lake Superior of a freighter with 29 crewmen aboard. Lightfoot wrote a haunting song with meticulous attention to detail. To use his own lyric, Gordon, it's been good to know you. It's also a good time to get deals at Double Beast, like a 32-ounce Snapple for only $2. And mini donuts, like John Belushi's Olympic training fuel, also only $2. The sale price is buy one, get one free. Double Beast, it's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double Beast. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios, you feed your crave for sports by listening to Drive Time Sports. Much like you feed your crave at any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations. You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater. Randy's out today. Ray Tucker, Rick Schaefer. We've got Kevin Hoopscoot McPherson with us right now. So, Kevin, before we get to Ricky Council at the uh, NBA Combine, let's talk about what you said earlier about scholarships uh, shaping up. Devo Davis not invited. Do you expect Devo Davis to be a Razorback next year now? Well, I've been saying it. I've been saying yes, it for weeks on, on, on this segment that I believe at, where at, at one time I thought he was going to, it was more likely he would not come back. I think it's more likely that he will, and as each day goes by, I believe that more and more. Now, I think we're going to have to wait till the end of the month. Uh, I think he's going to go through the entire process, and I think that's smart, actually, uh, because Arkansas's got a spot for him, and he'll have a spot. Um, they've got two openings right now, and I, I think he ends up landing with one of those, but we'll see. Uh, right now, you know, all of this is fluid based on opportunities that pop up, um, and you just never know what he, you know, what might get him to turn his eye back to the league, you know, to the probe opportunities, but I do think Devo will be back. I think now more than I have, even more than I have, and I've all consistently said I think Jordan Wallace will stay in, uh, but I think even more so now. Now, we've got two days of five-on-five competition that he and, and Ricky Council are going to have, uh, Ricky Council the fourth, because they're both going to participate in the scrimmaging the next two days. I didn't really go through a lot with Ricky, um, and, and, you know, you know he's done some good things in this. You know so far. You know his, 
you know, his shuttle time was uh, in the top 10. He ranked eighth in that 3.12 seconds. Uh, you might be surprised a little bit that his, his standing vert, 30 and a half inches, was actually, you know, not as good as Jordan yeah. Walsh or Anthony Black. Yeah. His max vert at 37 inches, uh, that was 13th, so that's not bad. But a guy at 208, you know, he's strong. I think the one thing that stands out to me when I look at this, how they've listed him in the draft combine, guys, they're listing him as a small forward, yeah, a wing, basically a wing, and I think that's going to be problematic potentially for him at six five. That's his measurement without shoes, so he does come in around six six, the height they list him in college. Um, but but he's, you know, to, to play that wing spot. Um, when I look at his wingspan at six nine, that's good relative to his height. So he he's got some stuff that helps him to weight. I think some of that. Um, but I, but I always thought he might be slotted as a shooting guard. Well, he hasn't gone through any of the three point distance shooting drills. He skipped that. That's not his game. He did go through some of the college level shooting drills and finished toward the bottom of the players who participated in each one of those. So he didn't do well in any of the shooting. So this is a guy that's going to have to then, if he's going to play a wing at the next level at that size, at that height, the wingspan helps him. The weight I think helps him be strong. But everybody's strong at the next level. I think the other thing is he's got to fully buy in to being as good as he can defensively. Um, and that was something that was very hit and miss at Arkansas. And I don't think it was – I think it was mostly miss his first two years at Wichita State. That's where he's going to have to be, I think, really dig in and really be good to, to build value for himself. But if I were ranking the prospects right now, I'd have Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., Jordan Walsh, and Ricky Council the fourth. The fourth out of that group as far as my personal – opinion so far again five on five uh could reveal some things about ricky and jordan uh you know should we some of the stuff that we've seen already and and but also uh we may learn more about because they've been preparing for this and the program's different so i'm interested to see what have they improved on you know it's very limited uh court time so there may not be a whole lot to glean from it but i can't wait to see it okay so if devo davis is the number 12 scholarship guy is ron holland the number 13 well, I think Arkansas would love for that to be the case, and they're just in waiting, waiting. They're in you know in the holding pattern like everybody else. And uh, I've, I've been saying I love Arkansas's chances. I haven't hedged from that. I have heard guys that he may consider taking other visits. Uh, a couple of schools that I was asked not to bring up, so I won't. But that's there's a potential for that. Um, you know, he's still waiting on his letter of intent release from Texas. He has 30 days from the day that he formally requested that release to petition the NCAA, so he has to give Texas 30 days to do it. It looks to me like, I mean, we're already in week three of the process because he requested it on April 28th. Uh, so we're in the third week of that, you know, wait-and-see process. So, you know, the end of the month, whether it's getting out of that draft, uh, getting out of the draft to come back, May 31st deadline, if April 28th was the day that Ron Holland requested his release, if Texas takes every minute of that before letting him out of it. That's at the end of the month. If they don't, he's then got to petition in play, and it adds more time to it. But to answer your question, Rick, with those two names, to me, those are the biggest names on the board right now for Arkansas, Devo Davis and Ron Holland. Um, and, and there's other options out there as well, but those, to me, are the two top names to fill those two positions. Do you think that Texas thinks there's some, even if there's a 1% chance they can get still get Holland to stay, is that why they're holding up this process? Because there's nothing to be gained. And if let's say they don't give him his release and he has to petition the NCAA, don't you think that will be a major detriment to their future recruiting on five-star players? PR nightmare. A- absolutely. Absolutely. This is unheard of now. It really is. Typically when these things are requested... Uh, they're granted, and supposedly the word is Texas is going through a process to make sure there was no tampering. Uh, are they kidding? Are they kidding? Is, are, is that program kidding? Every school is tampered. The, the, what do you think the portal <laughs> process is? Every school's got feelers out on players before they go in the portal. Yeah. That doesn't make it right. right. Um, and certainly Texas had a coaching change, which is the easiest validation for a player to want to get a release out of it. Uh, I don't think there's much they can do there other than to try to drag it out and, like you said, maybe behind the scenes try to figure out some way to keep him while they have time, while he has to wait. 
but I don't know about the tampering thing. I don't know what they can really do there or if that's just an excuse to drag it out to see if they can put together a way to keep him. Even if they found tampering, let's say Texas A&M tampered, well, so what? I mean, the, the guy still doesn't want to go there, so what, what does that prove? Yeah. I mean, you know, what kind of smoking gun would you have to have to really pr- prove that? And even if you do, if he doesn't want to go there, he's not going to play for you anyway. Yeah. This is bad optics. And even saying that they just want to make sure everything, that's bad optics because it's clear, most people see it, they're they're drawing this out, and uh, maybe they're you know it's sour grapes a little bit, but it doesn't look good, and it looks more like that than anything else. And while they try to figure out a way to keep him, but they had plenty of time to figure that out um, after they had a coaching change and everything else. Uh, but there are other players leaving that program, and that was also part of why he's ready to go. I think he the players he thought he was coming in with are no longer in play. Uh, one of those players has opted for the pro route. Other players have transferred out, and so, you know, that factors into it as well. But the coaching change the biggest reason, and I think uh, Texas, you know, to me it's pretty transparent that they're they're not trying to prove tampering. They're just trying to figure out a way to keep him. The last sour grapes, it's not a good look. Okay, so we only got about a minute left, so I'll try and phrase this quickly. We've talked about how ridiculous it is to say an NIL would cover a scholarship. But let's say they doesn't get out of the letter and the NCAA doesn't let him out. He could go to another school and they could NIL him and just make it a lucrative enough to pay for his education, couldn't they? Well, and I, well, first of all, we don't even need to go there with this because I'll tell you why. The NCAA can't hold him up. They would be the they would be sued. That'd be an even worse look for the NCAA. Yeah, now they could, lose in the case. old days. Yeah, they might make a guy sit out and let him out, but I don't even think that would happen here because of the one-time transfer rule. Even though this isn't yeah. a transfer, it would be bad opposite. The NCAA would just be bringing its own house down even worse than it has in previous stuff. It wouldn't be hard to get that turned around with a suit. You're probably right. And as I mentioned there, not to interrupt you, but the NCAA's record in lawsuits is really, really bad. In fact, I think, uh, what's the guy's name, Hamilton, that lost all the cases to Perry Mason, I think he must be on their legal staff. <laughs> right. Right. They, well, and, well, if you think about it, NCAA rules are not necessarily law reflective, you know, and um, and I think that's why we see a lot of stuff now favoring players more and more. I, I just don't think it's going to come to that. But man, if Texas takes it to that, that's that's a really bad recruiting. I mean, that's going to set them back. That will set that. And Arkansas is recruiting so well out of Texas right now. I mean, that's you know Trey Johnson, the number one player in the 2024 yeah. class. Arkansas yeah. in his final six. Yeah, uh, Baylor and Texas, but I mean, you're in there, but that won't look good to anybody. All right, Kevin. Well, thank you very much for an informative half hour. We will see you again on Friday. That's Thanks, Kevin Jeff. McPherson, Ray Tucker, Rick Schaefer. We've got plenty of room for your calls. We also have a special guest coming up at 6.05 for a brief visit. And then we'll take your calls when we return on Drive Time Sports. Clint Sterner here for Low T Center. Guys, there are a lot of people out there talking about testosterone, but I want you to do your homework, man. I want you to make sure that you choose a provider that you can trust. The provider that I trust, the provider that I recommend is Low T Center. It's where I get my levels checked. I've been a client for five plus years now. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness. They check all your levels, not just your testosterone, and they determine the cause of any symptoms you're having and whether you're a candidate.